0: Owl
1: Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millett and John Finer.
2: And welcome back to yet another episode of the Owl Chat Podcast, this time our first midweek edition of the football season. I'm joined in studio, as always, with my partner John Finer and as of the time of this recording we are just 2 days away from kickoff. So, uh John, I'm excited. I know you are. How have you been, man?
0: Man, I've been good. Looking forward to Thursday. Um real, you know, something real to talk about, sink our teeth into. That's what I'm looking forward to. How have you been? I've been good.
2: Uh like you said, I'm
0: looking forward to finally getting this uh season
2: underway. Um, you know, we're going to talk later about Bohannon's press conference and some of the other news around the football team but a lot of anticipation you know for a season that uh, i think we were both a little bit nervous about lacking anticipation for so um i'm just ready to get this over with um before we get into our flyover and start talking about uh just some news and notes around kennesaw state athletics we've got a few corrections and omissions to make from previous podcasts. Uh, One of those being, we reported that Crowley's Ridge would be on the men's basketball schedule. Um, We were not the first to report that, to be fair. We had other sources. Um, However, that ended up not being true, and we will get further into the men's basketball non-conference schedule later in the podcast. But yeah, Um, if you want to get into some of the other ones, John, before we go ahead and get started.
0: Yeah, and I just want to let everyone know we're going to be doing, you know, an error and omission segment real quick, type thing at the beginning of most of our uh, podcasts, just to keep us accountable. You know, if you guys notice anything that's wrong and not right, you know, we don't want to we don't want to dwell on it, but we want to kind of get it out there and know, get correct information. So, you know, something else I noticed we previously uh, was either in the last podcast or the one before we spoke about the uh, Ladarius Clardy Award and wearing that number 13. My mind totally skipped the fact that offensive lineman Terrell Paxton won that award and was awarded it at halftime of the spring game, my mind was thinking, okay, we need a quarterback that has to wear number 13. So who's going to get it? As opposed to Paxton, who's an offensive lineman, obviously will not be wearing 13. I would imagine he'll get some kind of patch on his jersey or, you know, a sticker on his helmet, something to honor um, LD. So that's uh, this week's errors and omissions.
2: Absolutely. Uh, that all being said, I think we can go ahead and get into our segment called the flyover, where we just give you guys a rundown of all of the news and notes around Kennesaw State Athletics. Uh, starting off with the soccer team after um, a win over Presbyterian um, that happened right after our last recording. Um, the soccer team went to the South Alabama tournament in Mobile to play Troy and South Alabama Um, It was a rough weekend for our girls. They lost by a cumulative, uh, a total score of, I'm not even going to try. Can't speak today. Uh, A total score of six to one with the one goal coming um, against South Alabama from uh, Annabelle Orozco, um, who only played 47 minutes that game. But, you know, big moment for her. Uh, Goalkeeper Alana Bly um, continues to impress, even with the three goals allowed in the South Alabama game. She had five saves. So uh, it's clear she's just not getting a lot of help. um, And the team is really, really struggling to finish. Um, in more positive news surrounding the women's soccer team we did pick up a commitment from Ava Bradford um, she was a first team all district midfielder out of Frisco Texas so much needed support on the way um, that being said I know you've been watching the volleyball team closely John uh, talk to me about their hot start and uh, how they kind of got humbled
0: the other night I love me some college volleyball, man. I can't lie. But yes, uh, the Owls went two and one over the weekend in the uh, tournament held at Montana State. Uh, the Owls played. There were three other teams. Everybody played everybody once. Um, the Owls played, uh, started off North Dakota and Oregon State, started two and 0. And unfortunately, we fell to Montana State in four sets in the final, uh, final match. Um, of course, Montana State had the home fielded home court advantage. Uh, Manu Johnson, a sophomore uh, for the Owls from Copenhagen, Denmark, uh, currently leads the ASUN in points and kills. And uh, she was named uh, ASUN Player of the Week. Uh, The volleyball team will go back on the road uh, against uh, Tennessee Tech. Well, at Tennessee Tech for another tournament. They'll start uh, Friday uh, at 2 p.m. against Cincinnati. And they'll also play Tennessee Tech that night. And then on Saturday, they will play uh, East Tennessee State in the morning. So that's what we have going on there. Um, and some additional news. Um, I I noticed that probably probably missing a couple games, but the women's basketball team is scheduled to play at Georgia State on November fourteenth, and we play Belmont at home on December seventeenth. Um, if I'm missing some games, let me know. I'm sure I am. Um, and also, just a final note: uh, the NCAA has implemented some rule changes to the college football game starting this season. The game clock will run after first downs except for the last two minutes of each half. Um, So another change that is occurring is teams cannot call consecutive timeouts. So those are some of the rule changes.
2: Yeah. And uh, as we'll touch on um, Bohannon's press conference later, he kind of went over that um, and just how he watched the games these past or this past uh, weekend um, and how that, you know, applies to us this year. Um, One other quick note before we start getting into football news is uh, there was a grant of rights deal signed by all CUSA teams this past week. Uh, John and I admittedly don't know a ton about the deal at the moment. Um, We do know it's similar to something that the ACC signed a few years ago. And obviously that's been the source of a lot of controversy um, in college football, you know, with teams like Florida State and Clemson uh vying to get out of the conference and being locked into these long tv deals that being said what we do know about the deal is it's only five years long so the commitment isn't that crazy and if for some reason kennesaw state or any other team wanted to get out of it the payout or the buyout would not be nearly as big so you know i i personally think it's a good thing um i think the conference needs all the help and tv revenue and attention it can get so as of right now i'm all for it but i think you and i are both still learning Um, about this
0: deal well said i i agree with you there
2: transitioning we've got a lot of football news um before we get into the meat of the discussion which is going to be uh bohannon's presser that went up the other day um we have san jose state added to the schedule uh next year as our second game as a member of the fbs level of college football Um, really, really solid group of five team out of the mountain West. They played the other week, um, put up 28 points against a good USC team with a spotty defense. Um, nothing to sneeze at. They will probably beat us. (laughs) Um, it's really far out, but they're a tough team. Um, it's going to be a nice excuse for Owls fans with the budget to, you know, go out and see a game on the West
0: coast, but yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be a fun non-con matchup. I'm I'm not understanding this one logistically how it makes sense for the owls. You know, San Jose State is, you know, group of 5, right? So they're not going to be paying us that big money to go all the way across the country and as you know, it costs a lot to travel across country for an entire football team and then you have to, you know, staying in the freaking bay area. I mean, I I just don't see how this makes sense. Are we, I don't know if we're struggling to find opponents on, you know, short notice or what the situation is, but I can't imagine, you know, that was the first choice. Right.
2: Right. Um, And like you said, you know, they're not paying us to play this game. This is going to be presented as an even playing field um, just like the UTSA game will be. Um, It is a little frustrating as a fan, um, not having some of these cooler group of five matchups at home. Hopefully we get at least one announced, um in the coming months or so
0: but but usually isn't it a trade off you know a quid pro quo um you know they we go over there they come over here right 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 was, you would think that would have been announced you right. know when it was announced that we go over there right
2: maybe it is a home and home but you're right i haven't seen anything about that uh at the moment although we know is that we're going over there and we're going to san antonio to start um next season
0: so. yeah and i did some research actually kai um apparently you know, the police don't investigate in California if you steal under $950 worth of stuff. So if each player and each coach steals $949, they can raise an extra $75,000 to help pay for this trip. <laughs> so I feel
2: we, like that would be about the cost.
0: There, Well, there you go. I, I, I'm I a genius. But, um, you know, we also have some uh, news, uh, some, I guess, unfortunate news, but not probably not really. That was just announced about an hour ago. Um, Our beloved Travis Bell was just uh, waived from the Chicago Bears in their uh, final cuts. So he did not make the 53-man roster. Um, the good news about Travis is that it sounds like, according to, uh, I forget the name of the guy who announced it, but he's one of those legit guys. Um, they want to sign him to the practice squad if he clears waivers. So um at worst, you know, he'll probably be on the Bears practice squad, at best another team picks him up and adds him to their roster and you know, based on some things I saw, you know, in highlights in the games, I think there's a chance he gets claimed.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's disappointing but not shocking news. Um but by no means is it the end for him. Um by the time this podcast goes up, we'll probably know whether or not he's on another team or not. Um and you know, if not, like you said, um all things point to him being added to the practice squad, so he'll have a job. Um, he'll have a chance to get rotated in throughout the season. So certainly not the end. We know they like him. They've said that they like him. Um, oh yeah. Sometimes that's just how it shakes out. I know that that's- they had they had kind of a crowded uh, D line room um, this preseason, and they had a few other guys stand out. So sometimes that's just how it lines up.
0: Yeah, not the worst thing in the world. Also, if he is signed to the practice squad, he has, you know, he's comfortable there. I'm sure he has a familiarity with the coaches, um, the players. So, you know, there's something to, that can be said for, you know, that as well. And, and you know what, you know, sometimes players, you know, r- decline to be signed elsewhere, you know, cause they want to, you know, see through the process that they're making in their current environment. So you never know what's going to go on behind the scenes, but uh, either way, we will closely be monitoring um, Travis Bell.
2: Yes, we will. Um, As we alluded to a few times earlier, uh, we had a long, long Brian Bohannon press conference go up this week. Uh, John, I know you were watching intently and you've got plenty of notes
0: on the matter. I'm I'm not going to lie to you guys. Those press conferences bore the crap out of me. And that's nothing against Coach Bo. Um, It's just, you know, there's not even a game yet. You know, it's all just conjecture. A lot of coach speak, you know, I'm listening to this for you guys. So, you know, I'm patting myself on the back right now, if you can't see, Um, but I stuck through it. Um, I zoned out a few times, so I might have missed one or two things, but I did my best.
2: Always Um, remember, you can spend an hour listening to the Al Chab podcast rather than listening to a Brian Bohannon press conference. It's
0: always an option. Absolutely. But then again, you can listen to two Brian Bohannon press conferences in an hour. It's a tough deal. Oh yeah, I know. So we're kind of screwing ourselves there, but, but anyways, um, you know, something that, uh, coach Bohannon emphasized, I'm just going to go over a bunch of notes, something that he emphasized to start the press conference. He says, we're playing for the brand and to protect the brand, which is Kennesaw state football. Um, so I thought, you know, Kai, I thought that was, you know, interesting. Um, he's absolutely right. Cause if you want to build the brand, you have to protect it. You have to, um, you know, you, you can't, you can't just throw the season and, and lose every game. You're going to lose the progress that you've made. It's going to be tougher to recruit. So I agree with him there. Um, he said only three guys are out this week. Um, and I thought that was interesting because he says it hasn't been like that since what, 2017 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we touched about this with, uh, when we talked to Dustin in our uh, football preview podcast, if you guys will download and listen to that. Um we haven't had that situation in a long time could it be the new strength and conditioning coach is it just dumb luck is it just you know more guys are getting worked in because we don't know who's going to you know start we i don't know um some other points that were made the coaches have a plan right now to redshirt and make week to week adjustments um it sounds like the redshirts could be adjusted uh by the game plans um and you know going on that note, um, I do have some updates on the depth chart and the roster, but, uh, Bo sounds very optimistic and refreshed. Um, I kind of noticed that with him, he sees positive practice habits that he hasn't seen in years. And, you know, that's not really coach speak because if you remember last year, he, he basically crapped all over the practice efforts, you know, 80% of the time, you right. know, and he's, as Bo said in the presser, you know, you're going to play how you practice. So. Right. What are your thoughts on all that, Kai?
2: Yeah. um, My takeaways were pretty similar to yours. Um, A few things that stood out to me were uh, the way he talked about just the new coaches and the coaching staff. And he was very open about how there have been growing pains, um, but it's been healthy and that they're coming together really well. They all enjoy being around each other. Um, You know, he he talked about what we already knew was, and and that being that there's going to be a plan in place um, for these red shirts, which is to be expected, but also, you know, comforting. Um, So, yeah, you know, there is a lot of coach speech, but I think Bo can kind of back it up because of his track record. You know, coach speech gets old when you're losing, and, you know, they had a rough Mm -hmm. year last year. But, you know, he's got a pretty good pretty good resume at the moment, so I don't mind a little bit of coach speech. Just sifting through it, he seems confident. He seemed really happy with uh, the way Murphy looked in camp. Um, I thought that was good. Um, He seemed he was doing what he was supposed to do. He was hyping up all of his guys. He was telling the fans what they wanted to hear. Um, But it's time to play football. And we're going to get to
0: see that on Thursday. So, yeah. And he said Murphy's had the best camp he's had since he's been here. Um, And also just want to kind of buzz through the depth chart real quick. And, you know, you and I can kind of pick on some points and single some guys out that Bo mentioned yesterday as we go along. Um, So starting off at QB is uh, Jonathan Murphy Uh, Davis Bryson uh, sophomore Uh, I don't think he's even played yet if he has it's barely any as the uh, as the backup Um, at running back we have uh, Michael Benefield and Josiah Clemens Uh, Benefield is going to be the starter I think he went to St. Pius actually he did Uh, that's correct. Perfect. Perfect. And he, and coach Bohannon mentioned, he's very, you know, happy with the depth at the uh, running back position. He also mentioned Rob Brown as a guy who could get some uh, playing time there. Um, uh, He's Blake Bohannon uh, is starting at one of the wide receiver spots uh, backed up by TJ, uh, McElmury? I can't pronounce it. It's early. We'll do He'll our get best. To,
2: yeah, no, Bohannon will get to build on that Sports Center top 10 moment he had in
0: the middle of the spring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, Josh Williamson is another guy that uh, Coach Bohannon really emphasized. He's a uh, 5'10", 150 freshman, I think redshirt freshman, perhaps. He's a tryout kid, um, worked his butt off. He's like 150 pounds. He's just out there out hustling. Everyone he Bohannon mentioned, and he's just, he's just doing it, man. He earned it. And, you know, that's something that the coaches kind of stressed every year is, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a scholarship guy or a walk-on, you know, the best players are going to play. And again, this is week one depth chart, mind you, things could change 80% by next week. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but backing up Williamson is uh, my brother from another mother Connor Finer. So, um, you know, good friend I, of the show, it. of course.
1: <laughs> I, oh, of
0: course. I I love it. I need to, you know, if he can become that, get that starting spot, maybe I can get a finer jersey number 80. Absolutely. Um, and then we have, what I imagine is like the slot position, um, is Isaac Foster is starting there. And, uh, Tykeem Wallace is the backup. And then the tight end, we got the Y and the T. I imagine one is more blocking and one is more the the move tight end. On the blocking side, uh, you know, Carson Kent and uh, Preston Daniels are starting. Uh, They're a little bit bigger than uh, Rowan Darnell and uh, Eli Levitao, who would be the, uh, you know, I guess the starters on the, on the move tight end
2: it's good to see uh Preston in the starting lineup too because i know you and i questioned in the offseason when he made the switch to tight end just how much involvement he was going to get with the offense so you know seeing him out there in the first lineup i think fans are going to like a lot
0: yeah i'm looking forward to you know hopefully uh seeing him lay some people out and run some people over that's kind of like when bronson Recksteiner was an owl At uh, linebacker and special teams, I just kept an eye on him running down the field, going full speed because I just wanted him to just lay out like this 18, like an 18 year old skinny kid when he looks like big Papa Pump out there. So, (laughs) I mean, it's one of
2: those it's one of those, you know, football fantasies you have. You know, I want to see Preston Daniels running up the seam, catch a ball, truck somebody
0: who says he can't do that. I want the guy to go flying, though. Like, oh, of course. Like five feet, like literally on his butt, and not to get hurt, but I'd I'd like that visual. Right <laughs> Tuscaloosa would be the time to do it. So, um, no, 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 I'm 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 thinking. Well, I guess it have to be Tuscaloosa. He might, you know, if they redshirt him, he might lose it. But I'm thinking Lynchburg or uh, Lincoln mm-hmm. might be a little <laughs> bit better. That'd be like you don't want to unleash Big Preston Daniels on Lincoln and Lynchburg, man. Too uh, much to handle. I can, speaking of too much to handle. Um, We have the offensive tackle position. Um, We have uh, Nathan Wright starting at uh, one of the offensive tackle spots and backed up by Trey Butts, um, which I'm a Trey Butts fan. I have, you know, no, I cannot lie. Um, And that's that's really, you know, what I can say about that. Um, On the offensive guard spot, we have JT Pennington. I think he was a transfer from uh, Jacksonville State. And Seaburn Hines uh, came in last year as a transfer from uh, Georgia Southern. Um, so Seaburn Hines is backing up Pennington. Uh, Al Hogan, the transfer from Wofford, is starting at center. He surpassed uh, James Dawson, who's a versatile piece, so I imagine is going to move around the line. And then we have uh, Terrell Paxton, who uh, Coach Preston Coach Preston. What am I I'm talk, Talking about Preston Daniels thinking about former basketball coach, Lewis Preston from 15 years ago. Please <laughs> don't bring uh, that name up now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, man. My, uh, you're good. I'll, not the time, I, not the time. I'll take a mea culpa there, but, um, Terrell Paxton, uh, Coach Bohannon mentioned that he's had his best camp in a while. So that's good. And uh, C. Burton Hines is also backing up the right side. And uh, on the offensive tackle spot at right tackle is uh, Deron Willis and Matthew Gilliam is backing up. So I imagine those are a couple at least former walk-ons right there on the offensive tackle spot. Uh, What do you make on the uh, line? Um, The thing
2: that stands out to me is the size. I mean, look at the three guys in the middle all over 300 pounds and two of them are six, four. Um, I really, really like Al Hogan. Uh, he was a really good player at Wofford and he's uh, an intimidating dude. I don't know if you've seen a picture of him.
0: Yes. Um, Looks like a Viking. So no, he, I, he looks like, he looks like a 35 year old man with, with a wife and kids who's just, you know, trying to, trying to pay his bills, man. We need somebody with that attitude on the line. I love it. Absolutely. And, um, you know, good to see James Dawson, as I mentioned, he's versatile. So I, I think we could see him anywhere on the inside uh, offensive line and, um, you know, offensive tackle. You know, we're seeing what 265 and 270 starting, which is obviously much bigger than what it used to be back in the day when the program started. We were starting like, you know, 240, 250, maybe 260. I I think those positions will get bigger as we go along. Right. Um, and go into FBS. So it is going to be weird
2: seeing the biggest player on the line be the center this year. That's something you don't typically see.
0: Well, let's see here. Well, yeah, I guess I guess he would be tied for a. I mean, if you're going to the heights,
2: maybe not the beefiest player, but mass wise, yeah. we'll call
0: him yes. the biggest player. Yes. Paxton has the beef. So we'll go there, but yes, uh, Pennington and Hogan are both listed at six, four, uh three ten. but Pennington is just a sophomore. Hogan is a grad. So, you know, Pennington might have room to uh, surpass him in a year when he's uh, when he's retired. Um, and we got the defensive depth chart here. I'm going through the starters at defensive end. You have a couple of transfers actually, uh, Jordan Miles from uh, Eastern Illinois and uh, Jamar Rucks from Appalachian State backing him up. You got uh, Tyler Scott at nose tackle, 6'1", 315, backed up by Dimitrick Barnes, 6'4", 255. So that's quite a size difference at the nose tackle position, I will say. Um, the defensive tackle spot, uh, you got uh, Nuoha. Um, I probably butchered that, but you know what? The best thing about that is make some plays and we'll learn how to say your name this year. Um, He's 6'3", 255. Coach Bo singled him out as well during the presser as a player who really stood out. uh, Backed up by Cameron Donald, who I think put on a bunch of weight and is now 6'1", 280. Um, We got, uh, I guess it's kind of like a, uh, I'm guessing a linebacker, defensive end, hybrid rush type position. Uh, They call it the, the band Uh, Charles Remy, um, Coach Bo singled him out quite a bit and talked him up quite a bit during the presser, how how much of a hard worker he is, um, just his work ethic. And, you know, so I'm very much looking forward to him, especially since he wasn't brought in, at least, as a scholarship guy. Um, Joshua Agbenu uh, transferred in from Furman. Uh, He is backing up Charles Remy. Um, At the Mike linebacker position is Danielius Johnson. Uh, nicknamed man man so um <laughs> the most you know, important note on his profile i might add yes i mean i guess if you're gonna overtake him for the position you gotta be like man 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 to <laughs> you know get on top of that right. <laughs> But, you know, we can't do that because by the end of the season, you're just going to have, like, the entire linebacker room. Like, we got man, 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 man starting and then backed up by man, 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 man. So, you know, you got to be careful. That could get out of control. Um, you got uh, Gerard Woods uh, backing up the position. He played a bunch last year. Um, notoriously absent, and maybe they're injured, um, is uh, Wanderius Silas, the promising freshman from last year and uh, Garland Benyard, and uh, even Gabriel Benyard was absent from the depth chart. Um, those guys might be two of the injured names. Um, I know Garland Benyard is going to be a big player this year, so that's something to look out for. I think um, Benyard was loosely confirmed on the presser as
2: being one of the yeah. three injured guys, so
0: yeah. Yeah, they're loosely confirmed, but there's also two Benyards, so it's kind of hard to yeah. – either are listed. It's always a little bit uh, – one of them, both of them, I'm not sure – um, but at the will linebacker, we actually have Elijah Kirby. He's a guy that's been around for a while, hasn't really done too much, but you know maybe in this new defense, he's going to take another step and make a name for himself. So he'll be starting at the will, uh, followed by uh, backed up by Jalen Barnum. Um, you guys might recognize Barnum. He got more uh, more love, and Barnum's also a good special teams player. Um, and we got, uh, looks like five defensive back positions here. I'm not even going to pretend to under you know, understand how these works, but listed at the strong is, uh, Markeith, uh, the position's called strong is Markeith Montgomery. Everybody knows him. He's going to play backed up by the brother of man, man, um, nicknamed nook. Um, I would have assumed it would just be man since he's probably a little bit smaller than man, man, uh, Den- Denarius Johnson. Um, at the rover position, you have Dylan Hand, uh, backed up by Sidney Porter, who is a uh transfer from St. Thomas and NAIA. So good to see that uh, you know, if you bring in a transfer, you want to at least hopefully see him on the depth chart somewhere. Um at free safety, you have DeAndre Morris who flashed his ball skills last year. Backed up by former quarterback D'Angelo Hardy. So, you know, the move to quarter from cornerback to uh Safety could provide some dividends. So that's going to be fun to watch to see if he really is uh, stepping up. And not the only former quarterback on this uh, depth yes. chart either. Yeah. Yes. And we got uh, Javon Williams, the former, uh, was he a three, three sports standout from Alabama is starting at uh cornerback as a sophomore uh, backed up by his non brother, Joe Williams. Um, what are the odds of two people named Williams? That's crazy. No, I'm just Jay, Williams. Jay Williams. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Everybody's named Williams. Um, and then you have at the other cornerback spot starting Nick Sawyer, who was a quarterback that didn't even play last year. Uh, so you have Hardy moving over and getting on the depth chart. And then you have Nick Sawyer. So maybe we would have had better defensive back rooms in the past if we just moved our quarterbacks over. <laughs> Maybe that's the secret. Yes. Um yeah, then, just, go ahead. I was just gonna say Jericho uh or Jericho, I'm not sure how to say it, but since I'm a wrestling fan, I will say Jericho Washington Jr. So we got three JWs um starting at cornerback. Uh what are your takes on the defensive side, guy?
2: It's it's weird because you know, uh, you know, your front your front seven is A lot of guys who are either transfers or just have been around a while and haven't gotten a lot of run. And then the secondary um, is full of household names and former quarterbacks. Um, I don't expect much of this to stay solid. I think we're going to see a lot of change and a lot of figuring out as the season goes on. But, you know, the defense really struggled last year. So uh, whatever we need to do to get back on track.
0: Absolutely. And a lot of this, a lot of the depth chart could just be, you know, who's worked their ass off, who's earned it, you know, could be a coin flip type thing. We'll see how you do in the game. And then, oh, you don't, do, you didn't do well in the game. All right, cool. Let's bump up the scholarship kid. That's a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, see how they do. So, you know, you never know how things are going to go once the, you know, the bullets fly. Uh, And last but not least, we have the specialists um, depth chart. Uh, We have Connor Cummins returning as kicker, which I like, uh, backed up by Jacob Ulrich, um, who is the scholarship punter, who is also backing up Joshua Hewitt this year um, as the punter as well. So Ulrich is backing up both kicking positions. Uh, Cummins is going to handle the kickoffs. Uh, Long snapper is Ronnie Thomas, backed up by Jacob Osborne. And um, we have at uh, punt returner, we have Isaac Foster, and backed up by Javen Williams, and kick returner Isaac Foster, backed up by Tykeen Wallace. And that's pretty much everything. What's your take on the specials?
2: Pretty much no surprises there. Uh, Cummins has been solid for us, and
0: Bohannon said he looked even better uh, this offseason. So, yeah. Yeah, um, we might actually have a solid kicker this year. So, crossing my crossing our fingers, uh, I'm not going to put all our eggs into that basket yet. I know how this works, uh, <laughs> but um, I am optimistic.
2: It's just part of FBS privilege. Something changes,
0: something changes. Perfect. Perfect. And yeah, um, just some other final notes that I got from the Bo press conference that we didn't mention. Um, We got a, you know, he says the linebackers are playing fast defensive line group is making progress, but needs leadership. Um, Offensive line is where there needs to be more leadership as well. He mentioned Uh, the tight end room is young and learning um mostly because it hadn't existed so um those are just some final notes there unless you have something to add kai we can uh move on to uh the next uh, next segment
2: uh i don't got anything else i'm ready to talk about this uh this basketball schedule
0: awesome yeah me too man um practice it looks like practice is resuming um, yes it resumed I, mean, I
2: think last week officially
0: perfect and we got the full schedule that we'd like to uh you know just run down um looks like a challenging schedule but you know nothing you know nothing too easy or too daunting
2: absolutely um we start with oakwood on november 7th a small christian school in huntsville alabama they're the first of 3 naia teams we play this year um the thing i'm curious about is whether or not we decide to do some sort of banner revealing or you know, recognition type Mm. of game ceremony for the championship last team, last year, you know, during this game or before this game, or if you wait till, you know, Georgia state comes to town and you have more people on the stands. Um, But yeah, it'll be an easy win. And then you go straight to Florida state the next week. Um, We've known about this game for a while now. Uh, Mm -hmm. Florida state's been down as a program for the last couple of years. Um, and as I have been saying, I think last year we probably would have beaten them this year. I'm not confident making that call. That being said, there is no reason, um, Alice fans shouldn't at least expect to be competitive in this game. Yeah. You're going to make the drive. I'm debating it. I'm debating it. Um, I went down to FSU last year for a football game and I went down to UF for the game. So it's not like a new experience, but if it's in the cards, I'll go down there.
0: Yeah. I'm debating it as well. I went down to Florida State for the baseball, uh, what's it called the spring the practice to- practice game against the Seminoles. Yeah, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And then, um after that, on November tenth at Florida State, we will be playing at home against, uh, I assume it's pronounced Kaiser. um we a- actually, they played Florida Gulf Coast about five years ago, and they lost by about two. Uh, I remember that because I remember laughing my ass off at Florida Gulf Coast for, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like they were an okay team, but they weren't great. But like, dude, you're I at mean, TCU.
2: Florida Gulf Coast is a mid-major brand at this point,
0: you know, yeah. still writing off that one run they had 10 years ago. <laughs> they, exactly. There's, there's still, I mean... Uh, they, they've kind of cooled off though. You know, they couldn't really capitalize on it, but yeah. you know, they're still, there's still a name and they're still on the beach. So they're going to yeah. get kids.
2: Yeah. So. I couldn't really tell you what to be worried about with Kaiser roster wise, but they are a really, they're an interesting school. They've got like 15 campuses and I think all of them are in Florida. Um, and their main campus is in Fort Lauderdale, but yeah, second of three NAIA opponents. Um, it will be another easy win um,
0: on to Greenville. Are, well, are you familiar with the Rye or the Kaiser by Weird Al? Of course, Yachamick? of course. <laughs> I, I find a reference that you got.
2: I know. Uh, it was like maybe the second out of 30 in the history of this podcast. That's
0: that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, and you know, if you guys aren't familiar, uh, Weird Al did a spinoff of, uh, Eye of the Tiger and calls it Rye or the Kaiser. So if you guys, uh, like carbs and like bread and like basketball, uh, check that one out.
2: Absolutely. Moving on, we have three games in three days, all at Eastern Carolina at the Pirate Classic um, out in Greenville. We play in-state opponent Georgia Southern for the first time since 2017. Um, Then we play Northeastern, who has really been in a rut as a program for the last three, four years. And then we play East Carolina on the third day. We played a similar tournament uh, last year and have played plenty in years past up at Appalachian State. Um, We came out hot. We won the first two games. We beat App State in their building and then ran out of gas and had probably our worst game of the year against Campbell. Um, So uh, I think the swing game here is going to be Georgia Southern. And as I wrote on Big Owl Blog, that's really going to be our first, you know, good way to gauge where this team is at. Just playing like a decent mid-major, you know, FSU, Might be a world beater this year. Who knows? And then we're not going to really get a good read off of the two NAIA opponents. So I'm excited to play that Southern game. Uh, If there's a game we should win uh, it's definitely Northeastern. Their coach is backed up against a wall. They've won a total of like 29 games over the last three years. Um, So they're really struggling. East Carolina is somewhat on the upswing um, and they're expected to have a decent year this year. Um, My biggest concern is same thing will happen that happened last year and it'll be day three of a three game or three game road trip. And
0: we will run out of gas and get smoked in somebody's home building. And just like Montana state with the, uh, the women's volleyball tournament this past weekend, you know, we're getting the home team in the third game as well, which, you know, doesn't make it any easier. Right. Right.
2: Totally. And no. That- it's it, it was a rough draw for us in that tournament. That being said, I think we could
0: leave two and one. And yes, if the game is not aired on ESPN Plus, um, because it is called the Pirate Classic, I will be pirating the game. So um, <laughs> I'll be sure to catch it.
2: Absolutely. Moving on, we play Florida International at their place, future USA opponent. One of the later games we learned about um, in this whole process. Um, it'll be a fun little preview. We've never beaten them. Uh, we're 0-3. So chance to change that. Um, and then... Week later, we play Georgia State for the first time since 1989. We talked about that at length um, on the last podcast. Um, First of a uh, two-year home-and-home with them. They'll be at the Convocation Center on December 2nd. If you want to hear more about that game, go listen to our past episode. And then week five of the non-conference slate, we get two Big South opponents. We get UNC Asheville, who won the Big South, and USC Upstate, who lost in the Big South semifinal to UNC Asheville um Asheville has Drew Pember who is considered a top 10 player in college basketball uh and they won they won a lot of basketball games last year so that's going to be a really really tough one um and we get the pleasure of playing them twice um SC Upstate we played last year um and we handled pretty well this was well before any of the hype before people really caught on to uh, Guy,
0: what our team to was doing trip. we have to make the trip to Upstate have you ever been I've been past it. It does not look all that thrilling. Well, they have the smallest or second smallest gym in the country. So I did know that. I did know that. I think I think it is the smallest. I think Charleston Southern is the second smallest. Yes, those are two, those two are up there somewhere. But you know, I used to, you know, when I like long time ago, I used to go to these games and the gym is so small. You can, you can take the gym over just by yelling and screaming. Like it's like a small high school. It's amazing. I'm going to go there. I'm just going to act a fool all game, take that place over. I can't wait.
2: The trip Um, I want to take at some point, um, or I guess this year is probably the last year we'll get the chance is, um, the Jacksonville gym where their hoops hang from the ceiling and their lights go out from time to time.
0: I feel like that would be, a great atmosphere to be in uh that that does sound kind of fun I mean but I but usc upstate is much closer though so <laughs> that is true to, yeah and they used to be our uh rivals in the A conference uh we, we had some great battles back in the day if you guys are NBA fans you might know Tori Craig uh you know the defensive six six uh swingman. Uh, he used to be on USC Upstate. Uh, just some really good games from uh, you know back in the day. So I'm looking forward to that. And then we have Presbyterian. Isn't that the Big South as well, guy?
2: Uh, it is correct. Uh, and they were one of the worst teams in the Big South. Um, last year they went well, they five and are. twenty-seven. Presbyterian. Yeah, they stuck with. Uh, I mean, they were especially bad last year. They had one of their worst years in a long time, um, only going five and twenty-seven, and yet they held on to their coach, Quentin Farrell, for another yet another year. Um. It's going to be a very winnable road game for us not yeah. much else to say
0: yeah the, the blue hose is is what their their name is so i've yeah, never understood
2: that you know I, and i feel bad having grown up in the the presbyterian church i don't know what that means
0: it's either it's either uh blue stockings or sad prostitutes i'm not sure so it's, <laughs> you take that pick guy um and then we have the next school which is called uh I said it kind of reminds me of like a skin condition. Um, I'm not sure how to say it. It's Brescia, B-R-E-S-C-I-A, Brescia. I've been saying um, Brescia. Brescia. Okay. I need a little aloe for that. Um, and uh they'll be coming to the convocation center on December 19th. Um, that one should be exhilarating. It will be the lowest posted attendance at the convocation center this year. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, you're actually, you're probably right. Usually, KSU... st-
2: students will show up to those early NAIA games. Maybe not, you know, a full section, but people will be there. Um, Brescia is like the Georgia College game last year.
0: You're going to have 100 people in the stands. Yeah, and it's probably going to be over, like, Christmas break or whatnot. Usually, KSU pulls, like, that shenanigans once a year and brings, like, an entire elementary school to, like, prop up numbers but yeah, happening for this one. Yeah, um, that's that's going to be pretty empty. But again, some of the empty gym games are my favorites because you can actually make a difference in your in your heckling. Hey, man, my second
2: favorite game at the Convocation Center last year wasn't even a Kennesaw State game. It was the uh, Florida Gulf Coast Queens uh, a Sun tournament playing game, um, where I was one of, I think, 10 people um, mm. that was not either family or on the Kennesaw State men's basketball team at that game. That was, I mean, it was like being in an empty rec center. That's exactly what it was. It was you should have a cheered a for experience. everybody.
0: You should have cheered <laughs> for everybody and confused the crap out of them. Like, just like you had no idea. What you're tra- Go offense. Go defense. <laughs> yeah,
2: Amir was sitting um, down by the media table eating popcorn. I thought that was funny. So, of course, <laughs> I'm gonna do whatever
0: right. I can to make it to that game. There you go. And then you have uh, UNC Asheville, um, which is going to be the game right before Christmas. So I imagine Santa is going to make his appearance at either uh, Bracia or UNC Asheville. So if you guys want to meet the real Santa, not any of those fake bullshit Santas, um, this would be the game to go to. Um, Look, the Kennesaw State Santa is way better than any mall Santa. So don't get it twisted. okay, guys, this game will be at
2: UNC Asheville. So we're going to have, we're going to have Asheville Santa.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're, I did miss that crowd. Which is way worse than
2: Kennesaw Santa.
0: Yeah. Asheville Santa sucks. So the, the Kennesaw Santa would be at the Brescia game. So, you know, maybe we can draw a crowd of elves or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, what I, what me and Kai both mentioned that we like about this is for the first time, at least that I can remember since following Kennesaw state and maybe it's happened before, but we're getting an opponent, a non-conference opponent twice. Mm -hmm. And we're getting them, you know, a couple of weeks, two or three weeks apart. And what I like about this is we get to play them once um, adjustments get to be made. We get to play them again. So Mm -hmm. it's in a home and home. Um,
2: The only other example of something like this taking place in college basketball that I can think of would be when Georgia and Georgia Tech used to play twice in like the 80s and 90s after Tech left the
0: SEC. I mean let's not get that carried away it happens all the time for certain schools you know that are in the same city like lipscomb and belmont you know do a home and home and certain schools but for kennesaw state yeah this is new.
2: totally and then finishing out the uh, non-conference schedule we uh get to be special guests at assembly hall in indiana for a second year in a row uh that is a trip that i am definitely going to try and make just to have that experience um because last year every year
0: it's It's getting, like, I love playing, like, big schools, but it's getting old. Like, it's Indiana, Indiana, Indiana.
2: Right. They must really, you know, like our athletic
0: department or something to keep having us back. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, Or they must pay good. Um, So (laughs) they're a little braver this year, uh, you know, inviting us over than uh, last year. Um, So they're they're probably not going to be as happy to see us, you know seeing what we did last year?
2: Well, I don't know. Last year, we were a good resume booster for them. Um, For a long time, our our only online engagement for Kennesaw State basketball was Indiana fans on Reddit and other forums talking about how Kennesaw State was, you know, on a tear and was a real uh, real resume boosting win for them (laughs) because they were on the bubble for a good chunk of last year.
0: So, same with VCU. VCU fans did the same. They're kind of trying to decide, like, oh, we're losing. The, we got we're losing to Kennesaw State. What the hell? We need to fire the coach. Then they followed us just to see like how badly they actually needed to fire their coach. Yeah, as, and it as, became as it became on. look, we we beat Kennesaw State. We deserve to be in. <laughs> yeah, hire the coach, extend the coach. <laughs> no, um, I thought think I think their coach kind of sucks, but um, that's neither you- here nor there. <laughs> Um, and we got yes so i think we've already covered the uh conference schedule um one of the other days so i don't think we have to uh go over that again uh but we have the tournament starting uh march 4th in the uh first round and um yeah if you want to hear all about our conference schedule check out our previous uh podcasts
2: exactly we're available everywhere your podcast just just as always so yeah if you got nothing else to add i can go ahead and take us out john
0: looking over it right now I I don't have anything at this point I'm hoping we get some you know some hoops news trickling in here from time to time since the semester started and all of that kind of stuff but yeah I don't have anything else I'm um, you know now I'm in the mood to watch some watch some basketball in addition to football so I I, I wish they both started this week I mean the
2: good news is both are coming up so We'll have Absolutely, plenty. we'll have plenty to talk about. We're going to have an overload of content these next couple of months, so yes, sir, right, yes, stuff. sir. All right, thank all you guys right, all. Cool. I got nothing in. else fantastic. Thank you guys all for tuning in once again. Uh, we will be back this Monday to talk about the Tusculum game. Uh, we'll go over everything that happened, um, and everything that happens in between now and then.
0: So, you mean the again. Owls win against Tusculum?
2: Absolutely. Well, don't jinx us yet, that could age very very poorly
0: <laughs> it could but i mean we don't get enough listens for it to be you know on what frozen takes on twitter or something like the ice cold takes <laughs> yeah
2: yeah unless there's some like freak finish and you know we make national news i oh, think God. we'll be okay yes hopefully yeah. not yeah we are ready to see their owls roll this thursday and we will talk to y'all later peace out. Peace.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Owl Chat Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter at KSU Owl Howl and at Big owl Blog. You can also view additional content on BigOwlblog.com. And be sure to join the online community of Owl fans at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until our hosts return, stay happy, stay healthy. And as always, Go Owls!